This is a podcast about time. The time it takes to become an artisan. Heritage. Saving to buy something you keep forever. Sustainability. Memories attached to clothing that you've loved and lived in. Interiors. And the longevity of friendship. To us, the true definition of luxury. I'm Lynn Coleman. Join me and my friend Jill Brown as we chat about what makes vintage so special. Welcome to A Guide to Luxury, Season 2. Glasgow? Glasgow, go. Go for Glasgow. There's no place like home. I was born and bred in Glasgow's merchant city and spent every weekend immersed in the old fruit market or rooting around the barras. My favourite childhood memories are eating mussels with my father in one of the seafood cafes, watching the traders go about their business, or being transfixed by the glass cabinets of my mother's favourite jewellery stalls. I never left disappointed or empty-handed. From the hip boutiques in the West End to the gritty streets of Carlton, Glasgow harbours some of the best places for vintage in the UK. There's no excuse. You have to come and spend at least a weekend here to explore it for yourself. The fairy godmother of vintage, the trio that I'm about to entrust to you represents the real raw Glasgow, salt of the earth with bags of style. The woman who made it all a reality is Margaret Russell, the founder of the now world famous Barras. I'm not sure the other vintage stores in Glasgow would be around today had she not mapped the way. Margaret embodied the entrepreneurial spirit. She set up the Barra's street market at the turn of the 20th century and expanded her empire to the Barraland ballrooms shortly thereafter. I have a lot of family history stored around those stalls. My great aunties once sold clothes there at that very market. Zigzagging from stall to stall, you get this real feeling for the place. So let's get right into it. Here's the Barra's. Zigzagging from stall to stall, you get a real feel for how the place would have looked when Maggie ruled the roost. Old warehouses and cobbled streets are the backdrop for market stalls. It's a diamond in the rough, and I hope that never changes. You can find everything here, including the kitchen sink. It's an Aladdin's cave of pet shops and plant nurseries, butchers and furniture makers, toy stores and jewellery displays, paintings and fireplaces, carpets and books. But it's the clothing that gets me in a kerfuffle. I've seen myself part with my last 20 quid, all because I've fallen in love with something that just has to come home with me. Some might say that the market is not what it once was, but I think they're buying into an urban myth. The interior may have seen better days, but its shabbiness is part of its charm. While the rest of the city went through an urban regeneration, the Barras stayed true to itself. All Glasgow life is here. My tips for successful shopping are simple. Come early and drink in the atmosphere. Grab a roll and square sausage from one of the cafes and then lose yourself in the old warehouses and stalls. Feel free to haggle. Even if you don't think that you're going to like it, you have to give it a whirl. Talk to the traders. Some of them have been there all their lives and their stories are riveting. Stay until the traders begin packing up in the late afternoon. That's when you're most likely to snap up a really good deal. Play bad as bingo. If I spot something in the morning only to return to find that it's gone, then it wasn't meant to be. If your beloved is still there, the Barras gods clearly wanted you to be reunited. So that's the Barras. This is like the reverse of Edinburgh. You're a Glasgow born and bred, and then I went there to live. There's nothing like it as a city, is there? It's just, 
and I have to say that when I moved I was raging like I, I had to go for work and um, I sort of commuted for TV work from Edinburgh and then it just wasn't affordable anymore so I felt like I had been forced to go there to live I sort of resented it for about three months and then I was like hang on a second it's a brilliant and it's so different to Edinburgh and that's that's and this this idea that there's this rivalry I mean, the rivalry is real, but I, I don't think it, it needs to exist because they just, they're, they're very different, but they can coexist. They're- Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, the great thing about Glasgow and Edinburgh is that if you put this in terms of a London di- district, you would be on the tube for 40 minutes, 50 minutes to get from one part of London to the next. And that's still in the city, you know. And here we have these two incredibly different giants as cities and we don't do the same things that Londoners do which is unite them you know make them actually stronger because they should be together you know they're like they're like husband and wife you know oh absolutely and you know Glasgow is absolute best for me was during the Commonwealth Games so I lived in Glasgow during the Commonwealth Games and it was the year I was the summer I was 30 as well and there's this absolutely hilarious situation. We had this, uh, me and my really good friend Lou had this big, massive tenement flat on Cresswell Street in the West End. It I is loved that fans- flat. I know, it was such a good house. It was like a Sunday mid-morning and it was hot. The sun was splitting the sky and I was in the bath. God knows why, it's where I do my best thinking. I was in the bath and the telly was on in the living room, which was at the front of the flat. I was at the back of the flat. And in Glasgow, there's always a helicopter kicking about. You know, it's the police helicopter's out in a bit in a long time. And we've been watching the cycling. Uh-huh. And then Lou barred on the bathroom door. Jill, we're watching the cycling and it's going down the road end. And the helicopter was the, oh. the guy recording. But, you know, the city was just at its best. And it I was. think, you know, that, that typical difference between Edinburgh and Glasgow is you'll have your tea versus you'll have had your tea. And that was Glasgow, you'll have your tea at its best. Everybody working on the underground, everybody helping people out. It was just, it's such a friendly city. And we've joked in the podcast before about your ability to get help wherever you go, <laughs> even when you're lost in London. And I think that's because you expect that because you're from Glasgow. I'm a whereas Glasgow I don't yeah. expect it because I'm from Edinburgh. We will we will give you our coat, even if we need it ourselves. You know, it, it's... It, there's just yeah Glasgow is just it will always have my heart it's uh, yeah it's, it's an incredible city and there's so much that, that is different in it the west end to Merchant City the east end to the south side you know it's it has incredible architecture it has brilliant legacy you know Glasgow School of Art has birthed some of the most wonderful artistic minds and that really really shines through in Glasgow but before I get carried away, I have to take you into my favourite shop. Are you ready? Yes. In a forgotten pocket of the merchant city lies the hippest arcade in town, where Glasgow's creative types descend like moths to a flame. With over 10 years in the business, there's nothing that owner Marianne King doesn't know about fashion. Cutting her teeth at the baddest, she was the person who went on to transform Mr Ben into the place for vintage. A bit like drinking the best espresso. You get an instant buzz the second your feet hit the shop floor. Every item of stock has been personally approved by Marianne. No mean feet in this cavernous converted railway arch. Her shoe collection is the most impressive thing that I've ever come across in any of my vintage travels. With cowboy boots, the stars of the show. The dresses also fire me up. I could bathe 
in all the fabrics forever, splashing around in the 1950s or diving headlong into the 80s. After a satisfying afternoon of trying and buying, grab yourself a well-deserved drink in Mono, which is a few doors down, and soak up the atmosphere of this eclectic neck of the woods. Now, we're going to hand over to Sherry really, really shortly. Mr. Ben obviously makes a, a cameo. And actually, in several chats, Meryl, in the last podcast, was talking about it. Um, but yeah, it's Mr. Ben is kind of sits between the city centre and the merchant city down the road from the East End, which is the Barras. And then you go all the way to the West End, which is Starry Starry Night, which I'll talk about in a minute. But yeah, it's the the difference between going from the Barras to Mary Ann's is that difference in curation that we keep talking about. You know, one, you, you route around the place and then two, you're inside this fantasy palace. It's such a fantastic part of, you know, the city as well. And it's really interesting and we'll get to Manchester at a later date. But I lived in Manchester for three years. I remember when I first went into the northern quarter in Manchester and I walked in and I was, my God, I could be in Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was huge parts of it that really reminded me of the Merchant City. I thought, this is, inc- this is incredible. You know, I'm 180 miles down the road. I mean, I was laughing about this the other day. I was talking to someone about stonemasonry, don't ask why. But I just, it makes me laugh that so much of Glasgow is built out of red sandstone where it rains something like 320 days out of 360 <laughs> yeah. that you would build it of such porous, soft stone. Totally. But it is such a beautiful, beautiful part of the city. And to go somewhere like that that's been around for so long and, as you say, has got such a ringing endorsement from everybody we've spoken to. It's, it's just, yeah... It's- Mr. Ben is when I don't say institution lightly, but it absolutely is. It totally is. Do you not have an amazing Hollywood story about Mr. Ben? Have I, I do. I do have a good Hollywood story about Mr. Ben. Actually, I um, so Mary Ann, there was a, an oscillate cape from the thirties, and it was quite tight over the shoulder when I tried it on, but it fit. And Mary Ann was like, "Listen." If that doesn't fit properly, you know, it's this is an antique, you know, don't don't take it. She said, I actually stopped Scarlett Johansson from buying it when she was doing a, a movie. She was shooting a movie in Glasgow like about 15 years ago or something. And she fell in love with it, but it was it was too tight for her shoulders. And Marianne was like, I can't let you have it. I can't because if you take that, you potentially could burst it. And it was made in the 30s. So, yeah, she, she rejected a Scarlett Johansson from buying something off of her that is and that, that is how good a seller she is to the craft that is vintage that she wants to keep you know she wants to keep it for another hundred years and just when Meryl was talking about in the last podcast about putting her price up if she didn't want to sell someone exactly. obviously that wouldn't work with a Hollywood megastar so you've just got to be honest and it shows the extent of the curation and the care and the responsibility that these sellers have to to their goods they aren't just a way of making money it's their way of life totally totally now from here i'm going to nip on clockwork orange and take you to the west end are you ready i am starry starry night a trip on the clockwork orange that's glasgow's underground takes you to our next port of call Alight at Hill Head in the leafy West End and head for Downside Lane, right across the road from the subway exit. Cobbles guide you to the entrance of a quaint cabin painted green. Open the wooden door and be catapulted into a vintage version of Narnia. The scent of old clothes and dark wood is so delicious, I wish someone would bottle it. Low lights and even lower ceilings create an intimate atmosphere verging on opulent. Bundles of bib and tucker are so tightly packed. 
it's a wonder that there's any room for the staff, let alone the customers. Moving sideways should aid your navigation. Like a giant game of Jenga, you may fret that removing even the most insignificant rag runs the risk of bringing the house down, leaving you clutching the incriminating evidence. But don't be put off. I can assure you that this place is made of sturdier stuff, so get stuck in. You will unearth a diverse mix of clothing and accessories from the 20s to the 90s, but it's Anna's coats that are the most alluring. On my last visit, I picked up two capes. I just couldn't choose between them. One was a chocolate brown, cream Donegal tweed that came to Glasgow via Dublin in the 1960s, and the second was a 1940s llama wool creation from a department store in Edinburgh called Darlings, sadly no longer with us. Both sent me back 20 quid, and that's what I call a bargain. So top tip, don't get on the clockwork orange with a hangover. The shugle will kill you. Oh, it will. The noise! Yeah, it's it's not like anything. You do have to go to Glasgow and experience it for yourself, but it's like someone shrunk an underground train, and it... <laughs> And it's, it's a unique wiggle that is called the shugal. But if you're even remotely hungover, sit, stare out the window and de- definitely don't look at your phone. There's a number of times I've had to go to work on it whilst hungover and thought, no, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I have a friend who is Glaswegian and her boyfriend at the time was a Londoner and she brought him up and she took him on the underground because he's a Londoner. She thought, totally gets this. And he sat on it and he was like, is this a joke? <laughs> how dare you he's like no seriously because there's an absolutely fabulous <laughs> graphic I'm going to see if I can find yeah, yeah, yeah. it of the London Underground the Paris. Paris Metro Rome and then Glasgow and if you don't get the joke it's because Glasgow's just a circle so it's, you can't miss your stop you can just just on. a circle and it goes <laughs> round in this circle and it's only it's mere minutes from stop you know but actually it's a lifeline because if you're in Glasgow you couldn't walk that you couldn't get a bus or, and, and do what it does it's brilliant the, the underground is bloody brilliant um, but yeah, it's it's our beloved little clockwork orange. And it's a, it's a work of vintage in itself. So I don't know if you know this, but when they opened the underground, there was a lot of fear um, from the railway companies that there would be competition. So they are very specific size, the rails on the underground. So they are, they're still hand welded at night. So there's a group of guys Ooh. who work night shift who keep, keep the clockwork orange working that's why it will never be 24 hours oh. it's, it's a very specific type of rail and it's not being modernized so it's it's a work of vintage in itself oh jill that's a lovely wee story i do like that so jill i am going to call up a friend of mine who is the most colorful creative beautiful soul in the whole entire world uh, but she's also got the most banging dress sense that you will ever encounter and this is sherry scott aka forever yours betty who you've met on several occasions i thought that it would be perfect to have her take us through glasgow what do you think i think we need a glasgow native and we need someone who's going to be passionate and explain to everyone exactly what it feels like to be in glasgow as well as shop in glasgow hello sherry hi thank you for having me i miss you I miss you. So we are all about the vintage, but um, actually some background on this. This is how you and I met. It is. It is. Um, the start of our, both of our journeys kind of start revolved around vintage. Uh, Betty first started out as a side hustle um, vintage shop that I started in college with two friends of mine um, and we basically would just go along to all the fairs around Glasgow and 
everything would be sourced from charity shops or um, the internet, just if when we'd see any piece, we wouldn't care what the size was. If it was just a, a knockout piece that we loved, we needed it for Betty's wardrobe. So the whole concept was that because we were seeing a lot of vintage shops at the time showing off like old top shop with the labels cut out, that we were like very passionate about giving the story behind each garment so it would be more like Betty showing off her wares and who she was with and what she was doing at the time to kind of give someone a little bit of that feeling and a little bit of that background if a designer was very famous for dressing like someone in particular or yeah we just wanted to kind of give that background so that's where Betty started originally. I didn't know that I've known you for the best part of two decades and I did not know that that's appalling. <laughs> well there you go that's where Betty came from ah well thank you so you your um, signature color is orange that's kind of become synonymous with you but all of your vintage pieces kind of spiral around that 70s orangey brownie vibe and you just decorated your house you you moved house a year ago is it a year ago now um and the house Jill I'll get some pictures the house is just this incredible it's it looks so modern but it's like this 1970s assault on your soul the living room is actually inspired by the old 1970s Glasgow Caledonian buses and so they were like you know green creamy and orange and I actually took a picture to colour match my paint (laughs) which makes it even better that I've actually got a vintage bus seat inside as well which lends with me as a moving present because she loved that inspired by the buses (laughs) I talked about that in the podcast didn't we Lynn you were telling us about your your love of finding interiors for friends homes so you are the owner of the bus seat. I am the owner of the bus seat. <laughs> really, it, just, it just looks so wonderful. When you are in Glasgow and when we can get out and about and the shops are open, even though vintage shops you can buy online, where are the favourite places that you hit? Okay, so there's actually, I would say there's three, my three favourite spots. If I had to narrow it down, because vintage shopping is, is great in Glasgow, um, whether you're going to vintage shops or charity shops, it's you, a plethora of finds around. But my favourite has to be the Barras. It's the generational like go-to, which is what I love about it. And the fact that you can get homeware, clothing, everything what I love as well is like so I've got so many pieces around my home from the barras like from crockery to to even just bringing home stories I pass on to friends like I know the woman I've got these leaf like cabbage plates Mm -hmm. like the vintage cabbage plates from the 70s and I love that the seller told me about the woman who had them and what our house looks like all of that just makes it so special and so I feel like with the Barras because most of the people who most of the sellers have been there for 20 30 years they know the where these things actually came from so for me that's what tips the Barras is being personally the best of the best yeah it's a totally special place it's just wonderful it's 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 100 years old this this year so and and we we didn't know whether or not it was going to get to 100 years old but it's it's just it's a place of wonder right so from the barras then where do you go so if I'm starting off at the Barras, what is really great is that there's a place called, um, one of my favourite vintage shops when it comes to curation is uh, Rip It Up Vintage, which is actually right next to the Barras. So if you've picked up like a wee barg 
from the Barra's market or because you can go inside the Barra's underneath the Barra-lands um, venue and they've got all of these stalls that are just weird and wonderful. You can pick up like really colourful like sweeties, things like hosiery, like all that um, old school underwear with the, the kind of pointy bras and the big, like, but brand spanking new because these people have been there. <laughs> for so for so long and so you come out of there and you just take a right and it's just before you hit onto the main strip and it's called rip it up vintage and this girl has the most beautiful eye it's such a small shop but everything is curated to a tea and it's got great size ranges it's men and women and for such a small space you'll always find something really amazing. Yes, you will be paying a little bit more than what you would pay at the Barras, but that's because this woman has literally scoured for very particular pieces. And it hits my love spot because it's all 60s and 70s. Lovely. And also, I think that sometimes people get confused about thinking that vintage should be cheap because it's second hand, <laughs> but it shouldn't because no. you're you're would you think like that if it was a, a vintage bottle of of red wine no you wouldn't the older that is the more cost that's going to be if it was a certain kind of style or from a certain kind of place so no I'm I'm completely with you on that that when you are in, are paying for someone who has done the work you should and also for the age of of the thing if you're going to go to the to the Barras, you're going to you're digging yourself. You don't know what sorry state it's going to be in, but this is all pristine, dry cleaned. It's service, isn't it? And it's a skill, and it's somebody's time, and it would be no different if you used a personal shopper in, you know, Harvey Nichols. But I think that it's just got to be viewed as such, hasn't it? That you're you're paying for somebody's skill set. From there, then where'd you go? So usually that's the two in the city centre of Glasgow. From there, I would probably walk to the tube station and take a little tube ride to the West End. I feel like I'm neglecting my South Side. I feel like I'm going to mention four places. I think that I'm maybe mentioning the West End second because I used to live there and I've not been since last year (laughs) because of the pandemic. So I feel like I'm missing the West End quite a bit. But one of my favourite vintage shops is, oh no, I'm missing. Before I go to the tube, I'll go to City Retro, which is Mr. Ben's, everybody is known. And although I do love Mr. Ben's, I feel that it's been a long, hot minute since I've actually purchased. Oh, really? Benz. Yeah, I'd probably say it's been over a decade since I've purchased anything from Mr. Benz. But I go into it every time I go past. I just, I don't know whether or not it's, as someone who loves to rake, it feels like it's a lot of the similar stuff that you're raking through. And I think that it's because the, the market has been there for it. It is a lot of like vintage Fred Perry's, all of these kinds of brands and mods, which just isn't my vintage style. And so I always go by, but then I go to Straight City Retro and that has been owned by the woman um, who started Granny Would Be Proud, which is the first vintage fair that Betty did. Oh. Oh, okay. So that's my own by heart. And she's again got a great eye and her prices are great. I feel that like everything's a bargain there. Like because the quality versus the curation, I feel like I'm cheating her. <laughs> and I'm just grabbing all of these pieces. But I really would recommend City Retro. It's great. And it's got men's, women's as well. Before getting the tube to the Glasgow Vintage Co. is my favourite in the West End, which is 
right on Great Western Road and it's got two floors. The bottom is kind of dedicated to denim and plaid and a lot more menswear but like that kind of mod vibe that Mr. Ben's kind of are, are getting into, that's all downstairs and then upstairs is mostly 50s to 80s, kind of a bit more flashy. Most of my dagger collar shirts are from Glasgow Vintage Co. You have an incredible collection of those, may I just say. I really do. I've got a really big wardrobe. <laughs> But I always tend to like, although I, I, I gravitate towards 60s and 70s, for me, it's all about if a piece is just unusual, it doesn't really matter what era or if it, if it just has something about it. I would probably say my favourite piece. I'm going to show you. We're getting inside the wardrobe, Jill. This is so exciting, isn't it? It's very voyeur-esque. We've, we've, we've never done this before. Maybe we were missing a trick before, Jill. Ooh. It's, it's like a trench coat. It's beautiful. It's lilac. It, it basically feels like something. If Judy Jetson was a real person, this would be... <laughs> <laughs> also there's a, a touch of the Patricia Fields about it there's a real sort of carry sex in the city vibe so it's it's, it's a trench coat that's, that's essentially been illustrated on with embroidery it's cartoony yeah yeah um, and so this collection was from um, 1979 and so <gasps> it's actually going right into the 80s here but I love that kind of like shapes but with 80s Kind of flashy. Is it a British coat? J.C. De Castle de Back. So he is now the creative director of United Colours of Benetton. But he was massive in the um, late seventies to early nineties. He had his own label before that shut down, and now he take, and now he does Benetton. See the knowledge. <laughs> and what, what's the reaction to the coat when you go out? Everybody, just, like that is a coat. If I'm feeling sad or if I don't know what to wear or whatever that that jacket every time and it's especially because like jackets I feel have that ability so she's off she's away to the wardrobe again Jill look vintage Moschino oh monochrome beauty the color is wonderful there's two patches um right at the boobies it's that's a thing of beauty and this is from the same collection oh where did you find that this was eBay. This one was the Barras. No! £10 for this vintage Moschino. No! 10 twins from the same collection. But I bought this on eBay for maybe like £30. And I already had that before I found this. And I'm like, oh my God, it's the same collection. It's the same collection. You have the dress and the, the blazer for mm-hmm. under 100 quid mm-hmm. under 50 quid another favorite is this vintage hobbs it's um red oh. orange zebra print and it's a suit oh what so this is again this is 80s this was 82 the collection and so it's back when hobbs was an independent store in london so is that a wee short yeah so it's Marilyn Anselm. That's one of my favourite things is orange with like sort of hot, spicy pinks and reds. And that is perfect. That's exactly what that is. But you're right, there's a kind of 70s tinge off it, even though you you said it's early 80s. Yeah. That bleed, that bleed between the decades changing always rose people vintage-wise because exactly what you'd said, Sherry, you get that... You know, you think 70s and you go disco or boho, but then you forget that there's the the overlapping period between like 78 and 83 where, you know, disco is dying out, 
but you're still getting that coming through to the 80s and that kind of power hustle. And so there's this, it's almost like when the ocean meets each other at the bottom of the world and the, the waves crash into each other, that's what happens in style. And that's exactly what that suit is. Well, that gets yeah, an amazing print with 80s women power dressing, isn't it? It's fabulous. Yeah, so I, I was so I was in the West End. I'm in the West End. And, like, there is quite a few vintage shops there. But to be honest, I probably would come back home, South Side. My favourite vintage here, like, what I'm really lucky about in the South Side is the charity shops are actually incredible in the South Side. So I would say that the charity shopping... It's probably one of my favourites. In Victoria Road, the whole strip is basically mostly charity shops. So the amount of things that I've found has just been... But when it comes to vintage shops, there's a place called Seamster Vintage, which is ran by this incredible like woman, Debbie. She's just like it's such a great eye again. She's a little bit more psychedelic, very much more in the kind of 60s, 70s kind of vibe. More 60s and 70s, I'd say. But I just love all of her use of prints and colour. And I think that it's harder to find psychedelic stuff nowadays and so it's really cool to go in and see such unusual pieces so she reworks things from vintage fabric which is also great it's lovely to see so if you then are going vintage shopping do you stop off and have a wee snack always so usually when when i've caught off at the west end um there's this bakery called cotton rake oh it is so delicious i would get a sandwich and a cake and a coffee it's that way that when you come off of the tube you can almost smell their coffee a friend of mine who lived in Australia says that that's the closest that she's found Australian coffee because apparently Australian coffee is stronger didn't know that but yeah apparently Australian coffee is like mega um and so yeah it's it's got really great strong coffee and so because I like to like you know walk up like you know I've got my coffee I've got my little baked good and then um, walk up to the vintage shop because it's a really nice area, Great Western Road. Um, it's, you know, you walk over the bridge and everything and it's just like, it's a lovely way to spend the day vintage shopping yeah. in the West End. And same with the South Side, charity shopping in the South Side. Um, just walking along Victoria Road, stopping off at Short Lawn Black for a coffee and a cake and then just like walking through Queen's Park. It's just such a nice way to spend an afternoon. I miss shopping. I miss shopping. I miss it so much. But do you know what? We can do it online. And once this is all over, we can get back into those stores. And and you know what? And then we can we can travel. We can travel again. It'll be great. A lot of my pieces I have been buying online, though. Um, some pieces that uh, that I've been wanting to show off that I haven't been able to is I've got. I started collecting vintage 60s housecoats and wearing them as outerwear because they've such fabulous textures and prints. A a, a vintage housecoat collection. Oh. Sherry, that is like an assault of floral colour. That's like, that's like artificial pink. It's just like great. Oh, wow. No, put that to the camera a wee bit more because that's like... That's gorgeous. I just love the texture and the quilt. Yeah. Like for, for me, it's all about color, texture. I want to touch it. I want to. How much does a vintage? How much does a vintage Goonie set you back? <laughs> that one. Oh, see, this is the thing. I'm a bargain hunter. <laughs> so that was only like twenty five pounds off of eBay. That's, um, that's good. Which is fine. the most expensive piece I've actually bought. Um, 
isn't that expensive. It would probably be she this says. jumpsuit, which is one of oh, my favourite pieces to own because you wear that all the time. Oh, I wear it all the time, and the can and it was um, brand new with tags from the seventies. Like never, it still had the tags. I've got the tags in my wee memory box. Yeah, so it was dead stock. So that's why, and that was um, £75. And so it's not even that, like, much, really. Yeah. I paid more for new jumpsuits. It's like a lemon and a darker, yeah, a, a lemon it's and darker. It's yellow and white um, dog tooth check. Yeah. With, um, like, kind of, it's almost like a worker's jumpsuit. It is very, um, Gloria Steinem. Yes. Uh-huh. Very Gloria Steinem. She's got, you know, a big, a big pointy collar and the, the pockets on it are really, really good. And this oh. piece is such a great find as well. So this is a waistcoat, again, textured with this beautiful kind of floral print. Oranges and creams. That's beautiful. It's like a trouser with a long line, really fitted waistcoat. Do you know that, that print's almost kind of Mandarin in in its yeah ability it to is, you know yeah. it kind of looks like orange cherry blossom with like bigger mm-hmm. pansy prints. It's beautiful. So there's some of my favourite pieces that I found on Etsy. And I think that's forty five pounds for the set. The investment into that is still at high street price and and a, a cheap high street price, but you can go mad and and then you can find really really cheap. So you have you've taken us through the whole thing. We've gone from the south side to the west end to the east end. Thank you very much. Of course. No, like, I think, it, as you said, yeah, it's, it's, it's not about how much you spend. It's how long is a piece of string when it comes to vintage. Your, the availability is as high, as your, high and wide as your budget. And if all you can afford is within a small budget, there is so much that you can still find with that. It's just how, like, looking online honestly ebay and etsy are great um and my top tips are to check out misspellings like if there's any brands or designers or names that you like like misspell their name that's a really good so moschino that's the reason why i got that uh, jacket for like 30 quid because they spelt it wrong <gasps> so it's not coming up in people's searches um, oh. also like if you've got a great tip for uh, buying as well it's just to really narrow it down. So if you know, like, so for me, I love, as you know, orange. And so what I'll do is I'll go, I'll just type in orange vintage and then I'll go into eBay's, eBay searches and I'll put my size, put in the different um, sections. So if I'm wanting antiques and clothing and then I'll put in a price bracket and I'll literally just go down and make it as specific as I can and then it'll just show me such random pieces. But it's curated for you so you're not wasting time too. Exactly. So it's just really take advantage of the search options um, and also like saved searches are really, really good. Um, I've got some sage saved searches for... Um, there's this designer, um, Olaf von Brewer, his name is. Oh, he um, sounds like a, a supervillain. So yeah, <laughs> basically he was uh, um, an interior designer, um, interiors designer 
back uh, in the 70s, 80s, and he did a collection for this brand called Cartel. And um, I really want a piece of his furniture. So I've got saved searches for Cartel, Olaf von Brewer, and like, you know, about three different things. And so I'm getting these emails and because I'm just waiting. Because the thing is, once one of his pieces come up, they usually go quite quickly. And, and it's very hard to usually find a bargain. But I've seen past sales happen for a bargain so I'm literally just like waiting so a part of it is just if you know what you want save the search bide your time you'll find it I'm sorry missus you've already had all the bargains that you're going to get because you got Moschino for 10 quid so you it's time it's time for you to be stung in the vintage era (laughs) I know I know I've been riding my luck too much That must make the win so much bigger, though, as well, and the sort of having to wait for something and hoping it'll come up, and then the value of that when you get it, especially if you also get it at a bargain. It's just, it's 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 not a game, but it feels like such a big reward and part part of the process. Yeah, it's like a treasure. I think it's like a treasure hunt, and that's why I love it almost as a hobby, like looking at vintage and everything. I don't really see it as like you know, oh, I'm just going to go out shop and see what it is. it's it's. You're looking for hidden treasures um, and stuff that just make you so excited. And I think it is a really, for the bargain thing, I think it's just more of an ingrained Scottish mentality of like when someone compliments your thing and it's like, oh my God, I love your dress. Thanks, £10. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a total badge of honour. You're absolutely right. (laughs) And it doesn't matter whether it's Moschino or whatever. It's like, thanks, bargain. Like, it makes it even better. Like, you think it's good, it's 10 times better because I paid nothing for it. <laughs> no, you are the worst person to go vintage shopping with in this just sort of, yeah, what was it, autumn time. The one time that I got to see you last year when restrictions were um, off, we decided to have a lady date. Jill, it was the best. We went and had um, some brunch. It was a Sunday. I abandoned the babies and we just walked into town and we went into Armstrong's in the grass market and you found an amazing suede vest that I have here and you bullied me into buying a military coat and a vintage barber. It was 35 quid. And that's a, and that's a piece that will last you forever. So that's what you've got to think. Yeah, but also it makes even more it makes me even more pleasurable because every time I put it on genuinely think about you like I love that I really love that 